GBC Podcasts, local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. Have you got a barbecue planned soon? We've been talking about doing one at home for weeks. We've had a good chat about barbecues with Dwayne Trinidad of the Fire and Rescue Service. Can talking about taxes be exciting? We tested that idea with lawyer Graham Jackson, who's become Gibraltar's only fellow of the Chartered Institute of Taxation. And the Tercentenary Sports Hall will host a summer festival of basketball, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. We spoke to GABA President John Gonsalves. But first, the Island Games is kicking off on Saturday with a GBC team travelling to Guernsey to cover all sporting events. We've got the details from the GBC Sports Coordinator, John Shepherd. Team Gibraltar will be setting off at this time tomorrow, I think. Not this time, even earlier. Even earlier. They've got to be at the airport at about half past six in the morning. So, um, Oh, goodness. Yeah, a, a nice An early start. start. Get, they've got a charter flight out to, I think they fly to Guernsey first. They've got a little bit of a layover and then they uh, head, head down to Guernsey. So, um, yeah, they've got an early start. I don't envy them at all. Um, we've obviously travelled uh, to Island Games and have gone through a similar sort of uh, rigmarole. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting time. It has to be done. No, I mean, it, it's never ideal. And I, th- I think one of the um, the difficult things is if you're, if you're an athlete and if, if I suppose if you're anyone who's preparing for a big moment, um, getting your routine right is important to you. Sleeping well uh, and eating at the right time and all that sort of thing. And a really early start can kind of throw you off a bit. But um, but uh, we also know that Gibraltar's uh, leading sports people are increasingly professional. So I'm sure they've thought about this and about how to make sure that there is minimum impact. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. I mean, um, I walked out of the GBC yesterday and uh, Kim Bagietto, uh ran past me at quite some speed. Uh, I got a little wave and a hello. Um, but, uh, she... Like a gazelle, but, uh, but, yeah. but, but, but talking. <laughs> talking. I mean, the cyclists have been very hard uh, at work. They've, um, they've really upped the pace in Gibraltar since COVID, uh, to be honest. And uh, ve- it'll be very interesting to watch them. We'll, um, we'll have uh, the triathletes. Uh, they start and finish the games really um they've got mixed relays which we've uh we've never mixed relays mixed relays uh they got that towards the end of um the, the sorry on the last day of the games how does so, that work if there's i if think there's three I think disciplines from, no? i think i think they'll do the disciplines it's um they and they go male female male um they i think they've got three teams going in that so that'll be exciting to watch towards the end they kick start early on uh sunday so triathletes could potentially bring um, be the first to medal, um, but there's a lot of sports. Uh, there's nine sports uh, over the course of the six days, so they've got a lot of uh, preparation. I, I think plenty of stuff's gone in preparation. They know the games, they know what they're up against, and as you said, it's become increasingly professional. And do you get the sense that because the um, games in 2021 had to be 
postponed, cancelled because of uh, COVID-19 and the pandemic um, at the time. Do do you get the sense that uh, there is extra excitement and, and, you know, like it's been a bit longer since the last one, so people are even more motivated? I I think they're more motivated. Um, It's it's changed slightly over the course of the the four years and the the preparation. Like I said, cycling have come on leaps and bounds. They competed uh, extremely well at last year's Commonwealth Games. Um, some sports are in, some sports are out. Um, unfortunately, our, our target shooters aren't going, but we've still got the pistol shooters and the clay shooters. Um, on the cycling, they've also got mountain biking for the first time. Joe Sarasola will be uh, taking on the, uh, the two different uh, disciplines. Um, Giles Sarasola is a very dedicated cyclist. Very dedicated cyclist. Um, mountain biking for the first time in the Games, I think. And... Uh, They'll be looking. They'll, he'll be looking to uh, to put in a good performance. Um, we've got our staples: tennis, table tennis, swimming, athletics. So there is plenty on offer. There's lots of things. Badminton as well. Uh, it's compacted into a week, and uh, we've got a smaller team this year. So only about eighty or so athletes and officials, I think. It's still so, not, not a bad size. But I think there's medals to be had. I don't think we'll we'll hit the 25, 26 medals. I could be wrong. They might pick uh, the medals are very, very, very difficult to come by. Increasingly, the islands uh, that we're competing against um, have got uh, professional cyclists and professional athletes, professional triathletes. There's um, a good picking of professionals. It's that sort of game. Now. Sure. It, people are going. It, they're going and the focus is um, medals. They're not really just taking, unfortunately, other people to, like, to be at that level. Uh, it's, it's very difficult. We're not taking very, we're not taking team sports. I mean, that's one of the things that we've done well in, in the past um, with the basketball players. And as you said, basketball are, are having their own mini tournament festival in Gibraltar. Um, so they'll be looking forward to that, but unfortunately they're not travelling. I think costs has spiralled out of control as well. That, that comes into it. In, into Understandably, it. yeah. Understandably, in, in these sort of times, you've got to look at what, what's available um, and, and the sports that are available. It's not, not an easy balance to have. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Now, hopefully, we're going to prove to you that talking about taxes can be exciting and not boring, like some people sometimes say, Graham. Oh, taxes are boring, but they're important. Important is not the same as exciting, though, is it? I mean, like <laughs> I do it for a living, and I know it can. Be, I can be very tedious when I get going. But we're not going to. We're we, not going to be like that today. No, no. Um, and um, well, a pleasure, pleasure to welcome you, and and, and congratulations, Thank you for me. congratulations on becoming Gibraltar's uh, only, first and only fellow of the Chartered Institute of Taxation, um, which um, which took a lot of work. It did. So um, there are two routes to become a fellow. Uh, we have a lot of people who are called chartered tax advisors in Gibraltar already. Uh, it's the premium tax qualification in the UK and the Chartered Institute does that. I'm now a fellow. Um, the normal route would be to do the CTA exams, which I can't do because I'm not in the UK, um, and then upgrade to fellowship. So I had to take what's called the direct route. I had to submit a body of work which came to about 100,000 words. 100,000 words is a um, lot of words. And it was reviewed at sort of PhD level, I suppose, on a professional basis. Uh, and then they let me in. So they, it took the whole process took a year, I think, from, from first application to, um, to to getting my certificate. But no, I'm very proud of it. There's only 188 people in the world in 
live practice uh, that have this qualification. So, good for you, man. Um, I'm, I'm pretty chuffed with it. You're there's in basic, good company. There's basically nowhere else to go for me now on a professional qualification basis. That's it. That's the last one. But you can retire now, you mean? Or? Well, I think, my, I think my kids might want me to carry on working. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, what, what's the... Um, uh, given how much work... You, you don't get rewarded financially for it immediately, I, I assume, but... Uh, can you charge more? Is that the sort of incentive, or is it just that you wanted well, not for local clients, obviously? Right, <laughs> but um, but the it's it sort of it creates extra. You get res- you get respected for it. So when I first got my first tax qualification, the ADIT, the Advanced Diploma in International Taxation, which I would advise anybody to do, by the way, who works in taxation, um, uh, that suddenly people was were list- They were telling me, oh, that was really hard to do, and I like I respect what you've done, and they listen to you a bit more. It's internationally known, and it's and and I think that it would be great for our tax profession. You know, as in my other role as chairman of the Gibraltar Association of Tax Advisors, I would ask everybody to do the addict who works in tax. It's really really good, and as a jurisdiction, we need to upskill. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today. With Jonathan Scott. It's a pleasure to be joined in the studio now by John Gonsalves. Uh, a pleasure uh, to welcome you here to talk to us uh, about an exciting basketball uh, tournament uh, which is taking place over three days here on The Rock starting tomorrow. That's right. Uh, first of all, thanks, John, to, uh, Jonathan, for allowing me to, to plug this tournament. Um, it, it is quite an ambitious competition that uh, we've set up uh, to provide our senior men and women. Um, international competition, given that uh, we have not gone to the Island Games. Um, it starts tomorrow. Uh, the first game is at 2.15, and we have two uh, back-to-back games between two of the visiting teams, Andorra and Wales, uh, starting with the women and then the men. And later in the day, we'll be playing... Our women will be playing Ceuta, and it's the first time that Ceuta play anywhere as a selection, as opposed to the club. Oh, wow. People from girls from Ceuta that play in different parts of Spain have all come together to represent their their what they call autonomous city, and then well, that, uh, that feels significant, no? Very, very, and I'm not going to go into any politics, no. but but it's uh, it's great for them. Um, they're very happy about it, um, and then uh, we play the men play Simbis, a club from San Fernando at nine o'clock. These two clubs, or rather, these two teams, Ceuta and Simbis, have come uh, practically to rescue us because we had intended to have quadrangular internationals, but Northern Ireland, after accepting, had to back down because of lack of funds. Uh, funds that had been promised by their authorities uh, didn't uh, materialize and, and didn't. So these people are coming. And we have this kind of setup on Saturday and Sunday as well. It's, um, it's two round-robin competitions, basically, with different, different times, but uh, I'm not going to go into times because those can well, be seen. Well, I was going to say that uh, the actual times of the games, I mean, yes, uh, but I, I was prompted to think when you when you mentioned Northern Ireland having to back out, unfortunately, uh, that um, we were just talking to, to John Shepherd about cost being uh, an increasingly significant factor in, in deciding who went and who didn't go to the Island Games. Was that the case with Absolute, basketball? Absolutely. Uh, it would have practically mortgaged our, our association because um, to go to uh, any competition like that, as long as I've been chairman, uh, and that's a long, long time. Long time, John. <laughs> both teams go, men and women, unless the men or the women are invited on their own. And they've both traditionally done very well. Very well. 
Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. Have you got a barbecue set up for some time soon? If you do, what do you need to know? Uh, well, thankfully, we've got uh, the Fire and Rescue Services, Dwayne Trinidad, joining us now. Um, good afternoon, and, um, and and what are the do's and don'ts for barbecues? Good afternoon, Jonathan. Um, yes, the uh, barbecue season is, is upon us once again, uh, and it'll probably last all the way through till National Day. And uh, beyond, if we're and, lucky. And, yeah, if we're lucky, and beyond. Um, so it's uh, the leather, the weather lends itself to that, doesn't it? Having a barbecue and the, the social aspect of it and, uh, and being outdoors... Uh, but there are some considerations we need to take into account. Now, we're not trying to spoil anyone's fun, obviously, but we're just trying to make sure that everyone uh, has a bit of fun, but they're safe at the same time For as sure. they're doing that. Um, so we take, uh, if we break down first where you can have a barbecue or, or, the, or the kind of permission that you need uh, to have a barbecue, uh, we can pretty much break it down into, into four different uh, categories. So the first one is, um, are you a homeowner? So if the area where you're having the property is yours, it's your own, um, then it's, that's at your discretion. You, you can have a barbecue. You don't need to seek permission for that. That's good to know. Um, if, however... Ad- advised yeah. to have an outside area as well as the home being your own. Completely. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I was going to come on to that. That's a, that's a really important point, and I'll touch on that a bit later. Um, in fact, let's, let's touch on that part now. Um, if you're going to have it normally in Gibraltar, the, the outside area that we have is a balcony. Now, the issue with the balcony is that they tend to be quite small. You know, we don't have the largest of the balconies, we don't have the, the largest of the properties, you know, space that is at a premium and all the rest of it. Yep, yep. Um, so just be aware, if you're having a barbecue in your balcony, that there's nothing combustible in the, in the vicinity. Because of the confined spaces uh, in the balcony, you might knock your barbecue over, uh, the, the flames might grow a bit more than what you want them to, uh, and it might combust something in the area. So be aware of that. Also be aware that your neighbours might have something combustible in the area, and embers do get carried by the wind, and, uh, and that can set fire to something. You know, it's a very real risk. Uh, just last month in the UK, there was a fire in Croydon, uh, and a, there was a, a five-storey building where a barbecue was being held in a balcony, and three storeys of that building caught fire because of that barbecue, and uh, 80 people wow. had to be evacuated. One barbecue and three floors One, caught fire? Yeah, that's right. One barbecue, three floors uh, caught fire. 80 people evacuated, no casualties or no fatalities, should I say, uh, and 60 firefighters committed to that one particular fire. <laughs> but in mind, that's what we have in Jib. We have 60 firefighters. So that will take all of our resources to put, up, to put out. So what you're saying basically is in a residential block, if somebody's barbecue went wrong, it could see the entirety of the fire and rescue service deployed to have to put out a fire affecting three floors. It could do. If, if, yeah. if, if it, you it, know, yeah, if right. we take London's, Croydon's example. That's right. That particular example, that would take all of our resources to deal with that particular incident. Um, so, yeah, we have to be careful. It's something that's real and, and it can happen and we can't just think, you know, I can't pass another. As, and I, as I suppose there's a few reasons for it because in Gibraltar we do love our barbecues and they can be quite... Uh, they can feel very familiar, but at the same time, it, it, it is not cooking in your kitchen, where anyway, there are risks, as we know, but, but it's also something which, which happens sort of for in, in, in a small window during the, the summer months, generally, and therefore the, the, the best practices, we might be rusty on them. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's... Um I've just gone blank there. So, uh, yeah, it, sorry, I was going to say, um, we're quite barbecue savvy, uh, as you say, but because it only, it's seasonal and it only comes around, that's from June, July, then we can have a, a bit of that skill fade as to, you know, how, exactly, we, how yeah. we manage that barbecue. So that can happen and, and you might need that prompt to, uh, to you know, to, to get you moving and get you moving in the right way okay, so, and so, do it safely. So what are we looking for? We're looking for um, making sure that there's nothing flammable close to the actual barbecue itself. 
Um, what else? Do you need something close by to, to, to help you put out any yeah. potential flames? Make, yeah, make sure you have something to extinguish it with, whether it's a bucket of water, whether it's a, it's a bucket of sand, uh, an extinguisher. Make sure there's something around uh, that, that you can use to extinguish a fire should that barbecue, for whatever reason, you know, um, make something combust. Um, if I go back to what I was saying, I was saying... Um, about if you're a homeowner and yep. you have your own property, um, you don't need to seek permission. However, if the, the property is not yours, then you need to seek either the landlord's or the management company's if, permission. If you're renting. If you're renting, whether it's a private rental or a government rental, um, then you have to seek landlord's permission. In, in government rental case, that would be the, the housing agency or the housing department. If you're renting privately, then you obviously seek the, uh, the person that owns your the landlord, property. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's the that's properties covered. Um, then we'll move on to public and communal areas. So... If you want to hold a barbecue in a public or a communal area, then you need to speak to the landlord or the management uh, company. What about if it's El Guari, for example, Camp Bay, okay, Little so that's Bay? Beach. So we'll come on to the beach in a second. So okay. for argument's sake, I live in Montague Gardens. Um, that's my own property. So if I wanted to, I could have a barbecue in the balcony. If I want to have a barbecue downstairs in the podium, that, that part's not my property. That's I see what you so mean. at that point... I need to ask that's a shared that. space. Yeah, that's it. So beaches, as you've just asked, uh, Guadi is uh, one of the major ones, I guess, where people like to do barbecues. Um, for beaches, you specifically need a permit, and that permit is obtainable from the. Um, it's quite. It's quite a mouthful. The it's the beaches. Um, it's got a long title. Yeah, it has. It's, it's the longest one. It's the beaches, Upper Rock Heritage, Climate Change, and. Heritage, if I haven't mentioned yeah, that one. Department uh, anyway, of the Environment, that, that, Yeah, that one, no? that one, that's it. That's the one. So um, you need to contact these guys or that department. Uh, 71648, that's their telephone number. Okay, there you uh, go. They're in town range. Uh, and you specifically specifically have to get a permit from them. Otherwise, you, you shouldn't be holding a, a barbecue unless they've given that. that uh, okay, so, so, so for beaches, you need to clear it with the Department of the Environment. Yeah. 271648. That's it. Uh, and you can find them at Leanne's place at the end of town yeah. range. Um, uh, and uh, Upper Rock is, yeah, is that, high risk season, Yeah, no? that, well, that's the fourth one. So we covered personal properties, we covered public communal areas, we covered beaches, the other one's Upper Rock. So the Upper Rock it is a high-risk area, it's a high-risk season now, from April to October. Um, and in the Upper Rock, no barbecues are allowed. So the only places where barbecues are allowed are the GLO, if the scouts are doing it, at the Girl Guides area, or if you're a resident up the Rock. But Saying that, you need to have a you need to conduct a risk assessment, pass that through us, and then we will give you the go ahead or not. Okay, excellent. Um, and um, given how dry things are at this time of the year, I suppose it would also be prudent uh, to remind people uh, who are smokers uh, to put out their cigarettes carefully. Absolutely. Yeah, this is something. It's not just this time of year. Obviously, there's a, there's a higher risk at this time of year. Um, but this is something that we get every single month. Every single month we get called out to bins on fire, and that's down to people walking past bins and, and dropping the cigarettes in there. Um, the difference being now, if you, if you, you know, drop your cigarette up the rock or near the gardens or somewhere like that with lots of vegetation, then we're going to have a big problem on our hands, uh, and that's going to take a lot of our resources away. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2 getting behind the headlines and you can catch up here whenever you like until next time have a good one gbc podcasts local voices on demand